0: Welcome to the Brick by Brick Podcast, a project of RK Church. I'm Beth Whitney and I'm joined with my co-host and friend Cole Harper. This month we are discussing the value and dignity of human life, and this is part two. So if you're listening to this and you're like, where's part one? Go back, listen to part one, and then jump back in with us. Um, if you do have children with you, we recommend listening to this first and deciding if it's appropriate for them. Um, if you Have teenagers, we think this is a valued tool for you as a parent. We do discuss abortion procedures, so we wanted to offer a trigger warning to our listeners. Um, Because we believe God has imaged Himself in every human, uh, we believe everyone has value and worth no matter what. Um, Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes at all. And we would love it if you take a minute, rate our podcast. That helps us get the word out. And... Um, we think what we're doing here is valuable. And so we would like more listeners to join us. Um, we are joined for part two again with our friend Heidi Matzke. She's the executive director of Alternatives Pregnancy Center, a women's health clinic in Sacramento. She's also a dear friend of mine personally, but also of Arcade Church. Alternatives is a partner with us. We've been partnering with them, um, in all kinds of ways, doing diaper drives and baby bottle drives. And um, the mobile clinic has parked on our campus over the years um, on and off. And um, it is a joy to have Heidi here with us. So cool. Are we ready?
1: I think so. Um, I'm inclined to ask Heidi if she's ready because, okay, what the heck happened just as we were wrapping up part one? Uh, I saw you get a phone call and we heard one side of a conversation about something your organization had happened just as we were recording the last episode. What just happened?
2: Yeah, you know, what I do every day, unfortunately, that image doesn't like and what Arcade supports on a daily basis uh, because of Alternatives Pregnancy Center Uh, We are waging war against the enemy. And whenever we speak out, there's no doubt there's spiritual attack. And so basically what happened, right, as we were wrapping up uh, the first, um, the
1: The first installment. Yeah, yeah.
2: the first podcast. I got a call from our nurse and she was at a church on our mobile clinic that we do partner here and park here at Arcade. And basically somebody tried to, while the mobile clinic was operating and running and the nurse was in the back with a patient, somebody tried to get into the driver's seat and take off with the mobile clinic. So that was the phone call that I just got. To steal your clinic. To steal the mobile clinic with our (sighs) patients
0: and our nurses on board. Not only is that... That's ridiculous. I mean, it's hot pink and huge. You you can't hide it. <laughs> right. But also My it's word. dangerous. That, yeah. That's yeah. scary. Thank God. Like, yeah. thank God Oksana and everyone else is, is okay. safe. Yeah. And so, you know, we're living in a culture, especially
2: as we encounter what will happen with the yeah. overturning of Roe v. Wade. There are bills and laws that are being passed right here in California that are directly attacking pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know, but um, there was a press release from the Department of Justice last week that basically said, you know, if abortion clinics aren't safe, then neither are pregnancy centers. So, um, and it's just, a, it's an all out war and we we are in war. As, uh, another thought that I had was... Last year, I was asked to speak in front of Planned Parenthood, and my daughter was at Vanguard at the time, and I happened to be on the phone with her. She was um, basically uh, doing homework from her computer, her laptop, on a beach. And I got off the phone with her, and I called my husband and just said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm getting ready to uh, go speak in front of Planned Parenthood. Mm And my husband was like, I don't think that's wise. You know, there's a lot BLMs happening, um, a lot of riots going on. And I was like, you know what? I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, if the enemy wants to attack, so be it. And I will never forget 10 minutes after I spoke those words, my husband called me and said, Heidi, I was just on the phone with our daughter who three men sat behind her on a vacant beach." And, uh, basically Kat called her. Fortunately, she was on a zoom meeting and people could see their faces. And, um, and my husband had to walk my daughter through getting up, trying to be around people and get to her car safely. Great. And it was almost as if the enemy was like, you know what? You want to go after Planned Parenthood? You want to talk to Planned Parenthood? You know, I'm going to mess with your family. And I, just so you know, I mean, I, every morning am praying God's protection over our family, over our stuff step- Over our clinic, and as a matter of fact, I've been trying to hide Psalm ninety-one in my heart right now uh, as we wage war moving forward here in California. So it's um it's it's just a perfect
1: window into like the world you've called home and stepped Mm -hmm. into, right? It's like we can't hang out with you for an hour and without something just crazy, insane happening. Um, well, and I, yeah. I'm sorry, cool. no, I'm ahead. interrupting.
0: Um, I, as you were talking earlier, I'm preparing to teach about the role of a prophet and mm-hmm. I can't help but look at you across mm-hmm. this table and think you are the embodiment of what a 21st century prophet is. Mm-hmm. You are saying the hard things, the truth of yeah. The savior of the world, the truth of God's word in hard places, and you're doing it boldly and in the name of Jesus. Amen. I
1: think yeah. everybody likes to do profit stuff until it's time to do profit stuff. You know. Yeah, uh, and... like I
2: said in the first series, you know, um, sometimes you feel like Jeremiah. you Just um, you know, you're speaking a message that nobody wants to hear, whether you're Christian or non-Christian. I mean, even in Christian settings, you would think that I would be welcomed, and yet, uh, no matter where I go, oftentimes people look at me and turn around, and um, mm-hmm. and, and yet it's burning in my bones, and I don't have a choice. Right. And this is what God has placed over my life to speak.
1: Let me throw something out here to kickstart the conversation. And this is really, I'm just wondering this to some extent for you, Beth and mm-hmm. Heidi. Can we talk about the devalue devaluing of human life across Western culture in general, right? So there's a cheapness to human life. I, I think that's manifested not just in Uh, the disposable view of the most uh, vulnerable among us and and infants and so forth, but we're coming right off uh, the Buffalo shooting, um, the shooting at the Chinese church uh, in South uh, Southern California, um, the Texas school shooting. What the heck is going on with the cheapness of human life, uh, kind of generally speaking uh, among us? Like when, what happened there? How did we get here? Am I the only one who's noticed this?
0: I'll let you take this, Heidi. It's a super easy one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. You know, uh, honestly, what's happening to our culture is, uh, you know, we know that uh, we are in the end times. And, you know, every time, every generation kind of says that. But we get closer and closer to the end times. And if we're a culture that doesn't value human life at its uh, most... um, defenseless time, Mm -hmm. uh, the unborn, Um, the most defenseless, defenseless of human beings, and we don't value them, we don't see them as gifts, uh, our entire culture unravels. And as a result of that, you know, 50 years of Roe v. Wade, 50 years of abortions in our, in our culture, uh, we are seeing the degradation happen. And God's word speaks over and over to that. You know, in the last days, you're going to hear people who say, truth is lie and lie is truth. And uh, we are going to, see, um, the devia- devaluing of human life at all levels. And as we go down that road, um, it just is going to unfortunately continue to get worse and not better.
0: Well, go ahead. Something we talked about in part one was the, uh, incongruent idea of celebrating a pregnancy and a celebration right. of a right to abortion or the anger about it. And I'm thinking about, um, Especially the Uvalde school shooting, which is, I, I don't even have words. I have no words. Um, but again, the incongruent messaging of give me my right to kill my baby and how dare you kill our babies. Mm -hmm. It, I don't understand.
2: Yeah. I, I saw a post recently that exactly said those words, you know, in one breath, Just a few weeks ago, we were demanding that women have the right to choose, even though we can't even define what a woman is in our culture right now. And then in the very next breath, we are angrily um, taking away constitutional rights um, and trying to use that as a platform to defend children who we care so much about. And, you know, to have the, those words come out of, uh, you know, our president and wanting to be respectful because God's word calls us to be respectful. Um, it's, it's, There's no wonder why we're at where we're at as a culture. But I think what's really important for your listening audience to know is that what is our responsibility in the midst of this situation? Mm -hmm. You know, we know it's only going to get worse. And yet we have a responsibility to stand up. And uh, uh, the truth of it is, is in the midst of this situation, we can experience reliable. Right. We can. And, you know, God's word says in second Chronicles 714, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will heal their land. And what's crazy about the context of that scripture is that God was talking to his people Mm And he was saying, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and what? And turn from their wicked ways. Again, God's after his people. Mm -hmm. And as I study in the book of Isaiah this last year, my theme, uh, you know, every year I choose a verse. And this year, my verse is Isaiah 43, 18, and 19, in light of what's happened at the clinic with the clinic being flooded. And it's, uh, you know, remember not the former things or consider the things of old. For behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Um, but as I was studying the book of Isaiah with that verse, what I realized is that in the book of Isaiah, God specifically set apart the Israelites for two reasons. Mm -hmm. The Israelites, along with God's people, have two responsibilities. God wanted them to be eyewitnesses to his goodness, and he wanted them to proclaim his glory. Mm -hmm. As believers in Jesus Christ today, we still have the privilege of being eyewitnesses to God's goodness. And we still have the privilege of proclaiming his glory, yeah. but the enemy wants to silence mm-hmm. the next generation with abortion. Right. The enemy is after the next generation, because if he can annihilate an entire generation, then we no longer have eyewitnesses to God's goodness. And we no longer um, have those that proclaim his glory. Mm. So God is after you as a believer in Jesus Christ to turn from your wicked ways and to pray that he would heal our land. And if there's anything that I'm passionate about as it relates to abortion and where we're at right now as a country, you know, we, it is not by accident that we are in the 50th year of Roe v. Wade. Our God is a God of timing and this is purposeful. And in the midst of this, we as believers in Jesus Christ have a responsibility to repent of our own issues and then to seek his face and ask for healing
0: in our land. Wow. Thanks, Heidi. Um, Okay. So let's, let's think practically from your experience, what is the most helpful way you've seen Christians advocate for life, but then also what's the most destructive or unhelpful? kind of two sides to that coin. What's super helpful? What is, what helps your ministry uh, move forward? And then what sets you back?
2: Yeah. So, um, the first thing that is incredibly helpful is that believers in Jesus Christ are educated on what abortion really is. Mm -hmm. You know, we cannot understand and can't communicate what is actually going on with our in our culture unless we fully understand ourselves mm-hmm. what what are we defending in the midst of all of this how are we defending it mm-hmm. and so educating yourself on abortion where we're at is vitally important and you can even go to our website at pgtest.org uh we have under ab2223 a whole education platform on what is going on in our culture, how to educate yourself, videos, so on and so forth. So educating yourself is vitally important. Uh, number two, knowing what God's word says about this topic. You know, we are to defend um life. Uh, we know that God is the author and perfecter of life and the creator of life. We know that he does not make mistakes when he creates life in the womb. And so it is vitally important that we know what God's word says on the subject.
1: It, well, that's a really helpful point because I think for years, uh, and this is kind of something Beth, you and I have, was work, trying to work through right. is a lot of the typical evangelical defense of the of the dignity of human life it is all about what we're capable of we're made in the image of god so of course we have a, a sense of humor of course we're creative and we've predicated the whole thing on what we what we can do capacity mm-hmm. and ability mm-hmm. which is interesting because that is the most pro choice like view of humanity pragmatism that i can think of right and so that's why i think we you and i have had a Kind of think through this and get and kind of grapple with the fact, you know, with the word that, yeah, image, being made in God's image is an invitation to rule in his stead, right? It's a vice regency on the earth, and that's where the image resides. It's a status held, not a set of like attributes or abilities. And oh, look, I'm creative, so I'm made in the image of God. It's like, well, okay, a baby's not creative yet. You know, um, so I want to follow up with something here. Do with the believers you've seen try to marshal support for uh, pro life causes? um, What have been the most unsuccessful or unhelpful ways you've heard Christians speak into defending the rights of the unborn?
2: Well, I think it's important that you know who you're talking to, because what's unhelpful is if you're talking to a non-believer who is an unregenerate person who doesn't believe in the sovereignty of God, and you try to you know, speak truth to right. them about what God's word says, right. you know, again, you're a resounding noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then knowing who you're talking to, knowing what they believe and why they believe what they believe and being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteous life that God commands. I mean, knowing that is going to be helpful in those conversations and help you know where to go and where the conversation needs to lead. And then it's important that... Everyone comes to a place where they're like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I need to go do some research. Intellectual honesty? Yes. Yeah. It's having that aha moment where I hadn't really thought about that and being willing to humble yourself and say, you know what? I, I truly need to go do some research on that. Mm. But if you're speaking to somebody who is a believer in Jesus Christ and calls himself a Christian, those are the people I want to talk to, especially if they say they're pro-choice.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. So let me ask you this. Talk to the Christian now specifically, who's maybe not sure where they stand on abortion, or maybe they're kind of, they have one foot tentatively in that pro-choice camp. Um, Because maybe they've tried to assimilate a number of different socioeconomic realities and they're thinking, oh my gosh, uh, there are women. Yes. They
0: start with the what about, but what about, but what about, but what about.
1: What would you say to them? Like, where would you invite them to start rethinking the landscape on that?
2: So are we talking about a believer?
1: Yeah. A total believer (laughs) loves Jesus and is reluctantly embraced a pro-choice position.
2: Yeah. So again, I'd go back to what are your issues? Um, and why do you feel like women deserve the right to choose a life that God has spent nine months knitting inside the womb? Mm. And going back to the fact that our God, if you, if you believe that he's sovereign, does
0: he ever make mistakes? Uh,
1: uh-huh.
0: The answer is no, in case anyone was unsure.
1: (laughs) Tune in next week to find out.
2: (laughs) You know, does God ever make mistakes when he, when he puts life in the womb? And the answer to that question is if you're a believer, no, he never makes mistakes. And he is a God of life. And he is a God that, that, um, in all of humanity has created each individual uniquely different in all of history. Mm -hmm. And we serve an incredible God who, um, you want
1: to say something? Yeah, you can You can hear my gears turning <laughs> from across the table. Let's come back. That was impressive beyond belief. But no, I'm, I'm listening to you talk and man, all I can think is uh, how would someone look at someone that God spent nine months knitting together? It's, well, if they have an understanding of man and an understanding of God's image, that is based on what can you do? Mm. That does make it easier to say, well, I'm not saying God made a mistake, but I am saying we live in a sinful world that uh, people are born with congenital defects. And uh, sometimes, you know, it makes sense to reduce even suffering on the, on the part of the child that's, you know, has Down syndrome or things like that. Like oh. I've heard horrific... Um, justifications. Justifications that arise out of a really bad theology of man. Definitely. Because, okay, like think back to the Terry Shivo case, right? Um, so, mu- so much- I'm, Hold on. Oh, man, Let's give-
0: on. No, you're fine. Yeah. I just am wondering, there may be people who aren't, maybe don't remember. Right. So give like a two sentence recap.
1: Yeah. There was a national drama years and years and years ago where you um, had a, um, a woman who had was basically in a quasi vegetative state and um, the issue was, you know, do we- uh, withdraw life support, or don't we? And really quickly, the conversation went to, well, what is she capable of? Mm. As if that would provide the the groundwork for knowing what to do next, what she can do for us. I think there are ways that evangelicals have swallowed a kind of utilitarianism about what constitutes worth and dignity and value that we don't even realize yet.
0: So quite honestly, Cole, there are days I feel completely useless <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You like I've huh? had, I've had a long week and on Saturday and I don't want to lift a finger. I don't want to do a chore. I don't want to yeah. do anything that my family wants to do. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, stay in bed or stay on the couch or whatever. I, yeah. doesn't matter if I can, I just right. don't. So does that speak into my value or worth as a human being created in God's image? I would gladly say, no, it doesn't.
1: Thank the Lord. Right. right. Absolutely. No, it makes total sense. But yeah, that's all I had on that front.
0: All right. I
2: mean, and and that is what we're faced with as a culture. I mean, right now, uh, if you tuned into our first podcast, we talked about the difference between surgical and chemical abortion and where we are leading as a society here in California to legalize infanticide. And, you know, the question now has been posed, you know, if you know that you're having a female and you want a a male, you know, can you selectively, you know, abort your child as a result of that? Not even Mm -hmm. because Mm of... Uh, you know, diseases or handicaps. Mm-hmm. And so the question does come back to, as believers, do we believe, A, in the sovereignty of God? Do mm. we believe that he never makes a mistake in the womb? And are we going to trust him yeah. in what he has planned even in the unplanned what he has planned for our lives and that is the foundation upon which this argument is built and when you look back into the book of Deuteronomy you know you hear um god talking through moses to his people and he says to his people look i call heaven and earth to testify against you today yeah. and i set before you a choice mm-hmm. god says to his people i yeah. set before you a choice i set before you life and death and he compels his people to choose life mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. why so that them and their descendants yeah. may live yeah. and yet a death choice always leads to death and god yeah. is a god of life mm-hmm. and he wants his people to trust him and to walk in faith and obedience to him and to honor him in the most difficult of circumstances and say You are my God in the midst of this. I didn't plan it, but I trust you. And I'm going to walk in faith to what you have planned.
0: Well, even if we look at the choice between, oh, I really want a boy. So I'm going to abort this girl. What does that say about the value of women? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Who we know in God's eyes have incredible value and worth because we as women are made in his image. And so it goes back to that wrestling of, if you, if you right. are a feminist, mm-hmm. can you explain to me, help me understand how aborting a little girl uh-huh. is, you know, okay, you want to even playing fields, but you're going to abort a girl because you want a boy for whatever reason, for whatever reason mm-hmm. you were saying, yeah. A boy has more value than a girl mm-hmm. or vice versa. If you abort a little boy because you want a girl, you're saying this girl has more value than a boy. And in God's eyes, we all have the same value.
2: Well, and now you're talking about a culture, not to get completely off topic, but now you're talking about a culture where even when a boy or girl is born, yes. um, you know, those, they can choose, you know, whatever gender yes. they want, which again, just devalues life at its core and it devalues the God that created that life for a reason and for a purpose. Right. And so that's why I said from the very beginning, if we are a culture that devalues and does not see the beauty in life in a womb and does not protect the unborn, then we will be a culture that completely annihilates itself. And that is where we're heading
1: right now, unfortunately. That's what's astonishing is that we expected like uh, a man-centered value system to stay put. You right. know what I mean? It's like, oh, it'll only stay put around like, do we want the baby or won't we? Of course, it will shift and move around to like undulations of preference across time. Like You, you can look in you know, China where, yeah, there is a... There was a massive uh, deficit of boys born to girls born because every family wanted a boy. And it's like, oh, no, duh. It moved to incredibly uh, peripheral preferences and, you know, things of that nature. Because if it's not, if value doesn't arrive transcendently, it arrives preferentially
0: Right, and who gets to say what the preference is? Yeah, there are no the person on that. with power, the person with money, the person with oh, control. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. What a broken and I, I, from what I've seen, the people with the power and the control and the money don't use it the way God would want them to. No, they use it to their own glory or their own advancement or their own pleasure or fill in whatever blank you want. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I just want to go back and speak to your listening audience, because I know
2: there's there's several of you that are just kind of feeling like your hands are tied right now. And, and, you know, you don't know what to do. You know, you need to do something, especially if you listen to episode one. Um, But just going back to, uh, you know, what can I do? Mm. Um, You know, you. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you can be educated on abortion. You can know what God's word says um, and be educated on what his word says. And there's all kinds of of resources that alternatives can help you with regards to that. If you don't know where to go, Um, you must know your personal giftedness. Mm -hmm. Um, How has God wired you individually and use your personal giftedness in the pro-life movement, whether it's to help with administrative services or, you know, maybe maybe you have a, an incredible network of people that you can share podcasts and uh, APC client testimonies with, or the truth about what God's word says, mm-hmm. or maybe you are elderly and all you can do is sit and knit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a 105-year-old wow. woman who delivers 75 handmade baby caps to me every month that I get okay. to have yeah. lunch with, and you're never too old to get involved in the ministry um, and then and then the important thing is is you've got to walk in faith mm-hmm. you have to whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to do as an individual you have to walk forward in faith and not in fear mm-hmm. and then um, and then here's the deal rest in God's sovereignty mm-hmm. you know what y- you God has called each one of us to this mm-hmm. and we have a responsibility but at the end of the day, We already know who wins. Mm -hmm. You know, God wins. Mm -hmm. God in the end gets the glory. And yet we have a responsibility right here and right now to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And then my last thing is, is, um, you know, vote. And I know that sounds political, oh, you know, this is not our world, right? right? That we are just passing through, mm-hmm. but he has given up, we are here for such a time right. as this. Right. And we have a responsibility mm-hmm. with uh, believers who have been equipped with God's word to use that for, for this culture's good and for God's glory.
1: Right. How cool would it be if there was a woman who was uh, worried and fearful, of how they're going to be a mom, experience an avalanche of grace from a local church mm-hmm. to make sure, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna you're not gonna lose your apartment.
0: You're not gonna
1: yeah. have to yeah.
0: you know go without diapers.
1: Yep. yep. You, in other words, we'll step in in ways mm-hmm. that uh, matter, like a week after the conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like you talk. You talk about how are people gifted. I mean, if there are folks who are inclined to generosity and hospitality, like you have pensioners who are just like kind of sitting there, rolling, just sitting on cash. You know, rolling in. It's like my goodness.
2: Please give to our ministry. Yeah,
0: I was, it's <laughs> funny you said right. that, Cole. Because before I asked my last question, I was gonna say, Heidi, uh, I know you have an Amazon wish list. Which, wow. if people follow you, uh, I follow you on Instagram, we have guys on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. Um, you put needs out like, hey, we need size five diapers, and it's super easy. You click the link, you click the buy now, and they get shipped right to you. That is such an easy way to support you, but um. Uh, What are some other ways we can financially support you? And then would you give us maybe one or two prayer points, specific prayer points that we can support you in? So tell us how we can support you financially, and then how can we support you prayerfully?
2: Well, for those of you that may not know, God did a miracle in the form of a flood at our clinic, and He flooded our current clinic to move us to where He wants us to go, which is incredible. And there's a whole story behind that. And right now we're in the middle of construction of our new 7,000 square foot facility that's located in between Watt and how on Folsom Boulevard right across from the Lightway owl So we're hoping- so real close to Sac State is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. That's definitely cool. i mean somebody I just asked goosebumps. i know Yay. somebody asked me the other day um, is this your ideal location and i laughed and said actually my ideal location is sitting at a high rise in el dorado hills overlooking all there of you sacramento go. but there <laughs> you go that's not where the ministry <laughs> <Right>. is <Nope. laughs> so yes it's absolutely an ideal location and um, this will enable us to serve triple the amount of mm. patients My three exam rooms instead of just the one that we have right now along with our mobile clinic and uh, there's a high school right down the street from us Rio Cristo wow. high school there is we're right across from the social security office right down the street from the probation office man, and man. so you know it's there's a steady stream of potential clients. Absolutely. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Uh, so $250 of funds a square foot of our 7,000 square foot building. Wow. And what we're going to do in a couple of months is um, we're going to bring everybody down who's willing to fund a square foot and have them write a verse in their name on the foundation of our clinic before we overlay oh, cool. the carpet and the, the flooring mm-hmm. um, so that we can have literally scripture all that's throughout our clinic. So that is a way. That that you can give to our ministry. It's incredibly expensive and what we do, we give away, uh, you know, when I started APC seven years ago, my budget was 200,000 and my budget now is like almost 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. So every year in January, you know, when the year resets, you realize, oh my goodness, I've got to go do this all over again. And, you know, we're in a year where, It's, uh, you know, we're beyond COVID, we're in a huge recession, Uh, gas prices are through the roof, and fewer and fewer people are... you know, have the extra funds to give to this ministry. And so if you're one that God is just overwhelmingly blessed and you have security um, to know that we could actually purchase our clinic for
0: 1.5 million, you, wow. could, you could buy it for us, Feel yeah. free to do that. <laughs> well, the options are buy diapers on Amazon, um, buy a square foot for $250. Or just,
2: one, just $1. 1.5 million. Or just yeah. buy a clinic. Well, well, it would be fantastic. You know, there's a price point for everyone. There is. <laughs> I
1: love it. It's funny because you know, like actually, there is someone out there that that's actually super doable for, and you're just like, what is your life? Yeah, all, you I, all
2: I got to do is write a check. Yeah. Um, but what I love is, uh, first off, that God has given us the vision that he's given us to reclaim Sacramento for life. Yep. Secondly, he's grown us in the midst of a culture uh, that is a culture of death that is expanding when Governor Newsom says, we're going to be the uh, abortion sanctuary state of the country, you know, come to our state, we'll help pay to kill your baby. Yeah, I mean, that's right. literally the language that's being used. And huh. in light of the timing of that, God has now grown us threefold. So he is on the move mm-hmm. and he is in the midst of doing incredible things. And so to your second point, how can we pray? Mm-hmm. Um, the enemy does not like what we're doing. And what is a little frightening about the location that God has now placed us at is currently at 1111 Howe Avenue, we're in the back of a business complex and we're kind of tucked in a corner and we're very hidden. Right. And- okay. In order to get to us, you have to get through security. Um, And if you want to protest us, you could try, but nobody knows why you're there because we're kind of in the back around the corner. And so we haven't had any issues with protesting. And yet now with this new facility, we are like front and center on Folsom Boulevard. And um, so I've had to think of things like, oh, The gray rock that I really would like to put down for Mm. um, landscaping is not going to work. I should really do. Mm you know, um, bark instead.
1: Mulch or something because you can't throw mulch and injure someone. Wow.
2: And, um, I have to put a clear coating around our entire building to protect our investment from, um, taggers. Right. Mm. And, uh, I've had to spend $75,000 to bulletproof our entire front and interior of, of our clinic because of, the threat that is going on in our country right now. And yet undeniably, again, Psalm Psalm, uh, 91, I've been praying that over our clinic, you know, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. For I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. You will not fear... The terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at new day. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. He will command his angels angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike get your foot against a stone because he holds fast to me in love i will protect him i will rescue him because he knows my name you know the those words i'm literally going to have printed on the walls of our clinic mm-hmm. because god is our mm-hmm. dwelling place yes. and he is our refuge mm-hmm. and he has brought us to that location for such a time as this and I trust him in the midst of that, but we do have to take precautions.
1: I dig it. I dig exactly uh, the vibe you're putting down because it reminds me, there's this hodgepodge uh, statement. It's sort of halfway from Chesterton, halfway from William Barclay. It's quoted a lot. It says, "Uh, Jesus promised his disciples three things, that they would be completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble.
2: Amen. You know what I mean? (laughs) I like that. That's
1: home court. you know, yeah. to the church. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, you're in the middle of kind of, not just a spiritual firing zone, but in the crosshairs of a lot of cultural insanity. Mm-hmm. And the believers have been there for 2000 years mm-hmm. yeah, and been happy to do, to, to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's inspiring for you to piece, uh, to piece together that like, uh, lovely, persecuted, intense, joyful life, um, in a way that, I don't know, makes that seem like a pleasure because I I know it's hard, but I can, I'm sitting here right now. You look happy. (laughs) Like you, you enjoy it.
2: Well, when, when God has placed a calling over your life and you're walking in faith and obedience to what he's called you to do, um, you can't help, but love what he's doing in and through you. And I want to be really clear in the fact that I did not call myself to this, nor was I capable to do what God has done in and through me. And that is why only he gets the glory and the credit for everything that happens through the work of alternatives. And he's not done. And he is, I believe with all my heart reclaiming Sacramento for life and alternatives is going to be a part of that. And Arcade is a, a huge, 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 Uh, support to our ministry, and and I just can't thank Craig enough for the fact that he opens his mouth and is willing to defend life and and partner with a ministry like ours. And you know, Craig and Debbie are near and dear to us, and so thankful for for them. And I, maybe that's a great way to wrap it up.
1: Remember that meme, Beth? You and I texted it back. Before, I like, don't know. What, right, what like? How did Jesus like? Oh my gosh, so many cool things are happening, like ministry-wise. How did God do this? And there's this just shrug that we this gift, like Mm. Jesus, I don't Jesus stuff. I don't know.
2: I I do that every day, (laughs) like legit every day. How did God do that? Right. He Mm. he did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. But what's the real secret? I don't know. Like
2: (laughs) it's so funny because people will ask me, you know, Heidi. Uh, how have you done your marketing? Like, uh, like how many thousands of dollars have you spent on your marketing? And I laugh because I'm like, okay, we pray. And um, and I used a homeschool girl who didn't have any social media experience at all. And yet that's who God has used to grow our social marketing platform. And isn't that just so like God?
1: That's a style.
0: On, on every... Because if you hired a marketing firm... They would get the glory. They would get the glory. Yep. And if you hired a social media person who is super savvy and knew all the ins and outs and all the tricks, they might get the glory or they might take the glory. Yeah. Right? But you... Yeah. You are such a woman of faith. I see the faith in your eyes and in your heart and in your passion, and I see God reward and bless that. And it is, yeah. and And I've watched it a long time. And I know, I mean, the other people in this room don't know you like I know you, and I know that you walk boldly and with faith and you are, you are a strong woman who loves, the Lord with every single fiber of your being. You are such an example to me and so many others. And um, Thank it, you. it's been a privilege to have you on, but I have one more question. Yeah, Are you ready? Yeah. I, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not, it'll be a fun one. Cause okay. I know you
1: slip the dogs of war.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, you are such a good storyteller. So mm. will you tell us a story oh of how gosh. you've seen God at work at your clinic recently? Just pick one. I know there's probably a million, but... There's so many. Um, so about a year and a half ago, one of the verses that
2: I chose was out of the book of, of John. And as I spoke and have had the privilege of speaking all over the country, um, some of you that have been around have probably heard Ariane's testimony. Mm-hmm. But um, Ariane was a dear friend and uh, is my age in her 40s and uh, lost her husband, got a divorce, got into drugs and alcohol, prostitution, went down a really dark road. And I did not hear from her for six years. And there's an incredible story of of her. Uh, I, you guys, I wish you knew all the layers. I could literally sit here and talk to you for hours about all that God has done. But I'll never forget getting a text from her in May. I sent it to Debbie, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. And, um, it's her basically saying, I am, uh, you know, prostituting myself, I'm on drugs, alcohol. I'm, I've lost my house. I'm living out of my car. Um, you know, she had a gambling addiction. She's been in and out of jail, lost custody of all four of her boys. Uh, it just, it just couldn't get worse. And then all of a sudden, you know, she reached out to me and said, I just saw a Facebook post, Heidi, and, and, uh, I need help. I don't know what to do. And, um, and so I said, I just want to see you. Ariane. I just want to see wow. your face. And, I, and then she, she said, and I'm pregnant. And then she went dark for five months. And I'll never forget, I was driving to work and I was praying over her. And I was listening to a song on the radio that was talking about bringing dead men to life. Mm. And I was praying that song literally over her life. And I was saying to the Lord, you know what, Lord, of anyone, I'm asking you to do a miracle in her life. I'm asking you for this. And Really praying that prayer, not believing what he's capable of. And the next day I got a text from her. I have no idea where she's at, if she's still alive, if she's had an abortion or not. Mm -hmm. And I got a text from her and said, I need to see you today. Um, I'm getting ready to deliver. The doctors are telling me to deliver, but I'm still addicted to drugs. And I'm worried they're going to take the baby away from Mm. me. And so I said, "Ariane, I've always been here for you. I need you to come see me. Mm -hmm. Just come see me. And at that very same year, the verse that I chose was in the book of John. And it's the story of the woman at the well where she, um, here is this woman stuck in multiple adulterous affairs. And, um, you know, in our culture today, especially if you've been raised in the Christian church for a long time, when you look at people who... Let's just say you've never struggled in promiscuous Mm -hmm, lifestyles. You've just had the perfect Christian life, you Mm -hmm. know, your whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people say to me, you know, Heidi, I I love what you do and I'm going to support what you do, but I can't financially support it because all you do is help women stuck in cycles of sin and enable them. And they just you know, over and over again, if they would just keep their pants zipped up, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation. Someone
1: said that to you? Good night. Oh,
2: I have had, you wouldn't even believe. Um, But that, that, that mentality in Mm. churches is everywhere. It's everywhere. And I remember thinking, Lord, what do you have to say to that person? Mm. What do you have to say to the believer who, um, who basically says, you know, um, I'm only going to help someone who's perfect, <laughs> you know?
1: <Put> your monocle <laughs> out of your champagne. Yeah,
2: like I can't help someone who's stuck in multiple, you know, adulterous affairs. And then God immediately took me to the book of John. And and it's this incredible story of our savior looking at Nicodemus saying, you know, um, that God's love didn't just come for the Jews. Yep.
0: Yeah. It came
2: for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And then in right. that moment, he proved it when he turned his attention towards uh, Samari- Samaria, Samaria. He heads after this woman at the woman at the well. He um, reveals himself to her. Mm-hmm. Um, he drinks after her, and yeah. I. A- ultimate display of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then he transforms her heart and her life. This woman stuck in multiple adulterous affairs, and then she becomes the first evangelist, yep. a yeah. female yep. stuck in multiple adulterous affairs, becomes the first evangelist, not only to evangelize, you know, her her family, but her whole community. Yep. And God did that in the life of Ariane. And, and mm. not only that, but the reason I tell that story now too, two years later, is that Ariane? today, I got a phone call with her, uh, from her. Um, she not only is living her life for the Lord, but she is now partnering with alternatives. Come so when on. women wow. come to us who are stuck in addictive behaviors and need mm. a transitional living and need to go yeah. to... Um, uh, uh, detox. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got transitional homes. Mm-hmm. She knows the internal system oh, that is so happening. Cool. And so she has her own nonprofit now oh. last week, helping a woman that came to us My who goodness. was going to choose abortion because she doesn't have housing and she's, she's on drugs. And now she, she, Arian called me she's like she called me and I got to share my testimony with her and she's choosing life and it's it's the ripple effect that happens yeah. you know I Let, let's just say when you when a person chooses death mm-hmm. death happens right. and it's end but when you choose life There is a ripple effect of life that happens. And here's the cool thing about our God is even in the midst of death, even when a woman has chosen
1: death,
2: God brings new life. And that's the message that Alternatives wants to communicate, not only to Christian communities, but here uh, in our community, we get to share the love of Jesus Christ and we get to proclaim and reclaim Sacramento for life because of your help.
0: So I want to remind everyone, Alternatives Pregnancy Center is fully donor church supported. You do not charge the women who see you a single dime. Women can come and you have a store, sort of a little boutique. They, they earn So yeah, so when when a woman chooses life, Mm -hmm. we look at it very
2: much as a be disciples, make disciples model. So uh, when that woman says yes to life, we will walk with her for two years after she chooses life in parenting classes and in mentoring, we plug her into mom-to-mom groups because ideally we're not the church. Mm -hmm. So our job is to introduce her to her savior and then plug her into mom-to-mom groups in the local community based on her zip code and then, um, and the, the she is paired with a woman that literally walks two years of her life with mm-hmm. her in, in a be disciples, make disciples mm-hmm. kind of model. So, yeah, and she has access to diapers and wipes and um, maternity clothes and anything that she needs to mm-hmm. be successful as as a mom uh, is given to her in the midst of that. So, you know, the pro-choice community would say, you only care about, you know, the light, that life, but what happens after the right. fact. Yeah. You well, know? let me tell you what and yeah. Yeah.
1: Since you asked, <laughs> <laughs> grab a dry erase board. This is going to be long. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, I mean, it's just such a privilege to watch God do what only God can do in the midst of our ministry. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier, Beth, um, when God called me into this ministry, I'll never forget being on my face before Him saying, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you are calling the wrong woman to this ministry. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me in that moment, You know what, Heidi, you're right. You have no idea what you're doing. And that's why you better be face down before me every single day. You better be fasting and praying. And when I make Hmm. this ministry successful again, Heidi, Hmm. you will get no credit for it other than the fact that you walked in faith and obedience to what I asked you to do. Hmm. And so I sit here before you seven years after that date, only two (laughs) part-time staff. Now we're 21 staff. We're a fully licensed OBGYN practice, not just just a pregnancy center. Um, We've got three OB doctors, seven nurses. Um, So offering all the services that Planned Parenthood offers minus abortion for free and with the gospel attached to that. That's what we're about. Amen.
0: I feel like, okay, so there's this GIF I've been using over and over, and it's from the office. And I think her name's Erin. She was the, oh, yeah, the yeah. secretary the, the after, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she like stands up and she pumps her <laughs> yeah. fist. I feel like doing that. Because yep. Heidi, what you're doing is having, like you said, people choose life. There's a ripple effect. This ripple effect of what you and the women and the, the doctors and the nurses are doing at Alternatives is having ripple effects. And we will never know until we get to heaven okay. and get to see what God has done in and through you and your ministry and your ministry partners mm. um again such a privilege to have you here with us thank you so much Cole yeah you're going to read yeah a question and response from our catechism book.
1: I am and what's really neat about that is I have all these images of changed lives and experiences and babies that are alive um and w- mothers that have experienced resurrection life because of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so all of this hits with a new energy when I ask myself, how has God fashioned human beings? Mm. And I respond in faith that God made man and woman with dignity and value Mm -hmm. to rule the earth on his behalf, born and unborn, great and small. It matters because being made in God's image is a position we hold, not a set of abilities or attributes. To be human is to be a designated representative of the divine, regardless of conscious state or innate abilities. Mm. Thank you for giving legs to that truth.
2: Mm. Amen. It means a lot. Thank you, Lord, for speaking through us. It's, it's an incredible privilege to be here. And thank you for giving uh, me and our ministry a voice in, in our culture that is vitally important right now.
1: It means a lot. I think that's all we got. Yep.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the Brick by Brick podcast. Visit us at arcadechurch.com or check us out on Instagram and Facebook to stay connected throughout the week.